Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. And we're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. Welcome to Grapple Talk, ladies and gents. Nick Ragnar, Jesse Von Rudin in the studio today. One with a monster, one with a quick trip coffee. And we are bringing to you another fantastic episode of The Flagship. So happy to be here this morning. It's a Friday. And, uh, hey, you're going to ACW tonight? Yeah. I'm not doing anything tonight, probably, <laughs> which is awesome. Man, you want to trade places? Mm-mm. Oh, man. Nope. That's not saying I don't like ACW, <laughs> but... uh. Dude, You'd I'm rather like, not be doing uh, anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on, Nick. There's so much to do, man. There's so much to, to do. We used to have a wrestling. We talk about this a lot. We used to have a wrestling yeah. podcast where every weekend it's like, hey, what like two shows are you going to? And yeah. now it's like, <laughs> now it's like, oh, you actually have a wrestling show yeah, this weekend? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Well, this is like, this is a weird stretch of time where yeah. this will be like my third show in seven days. I know like. True road warriors be like, oh man, I had like Ugh. five shows. I went to like five days, shows. You know? Wow, get good. But um, no, no. Put on a lot of miles last weekend with the uh, American Wrestling Federation. We were up in northern Minnesota. It was a six-hour drive to the Shooting Star Holy Casino. Dick. Funny thing, no one did a Shooting Star at the Shooting Star Casino. Son of a bitch, I hate when they do that. Yeah, but... Uh, so I would have bought tickets to that, I would have been like, yeah. I'm going to see a Shooting Star press. So, tonight, yeah, so. That, w- that was a lot of fun. And then the next day we were in Princeton, that was a lot of fun as well. Um, got to see Lance Archer. Like, you know, Lance Hoyt. Got to see him live, you know. that was That's cool. Dude, dude, like, that dude's legit. Like, if anyone in the area ever has an inkling to book him... Like, yeah, he's like pretty Bookum, good. Like is what you're saying? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. Okay. You know, like, the guy's really good. Yeah. He is really good. So, he had a match with JDX that was pretty phenomenal. So. Really? Yeah, we really enjoyed the match. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, you're looking forward to tonight, too? Yeah. No, maybe? Totally. I'm looking forward to tonight. Anytime you go to ACW, anytime you go to Oshkosh, it's always a fun time. Tables, um, ladders, and chairs. Oh, my. You know, you got that. You have Satis and Logan Lynch. I mean, this is going to be a really fun show. Um... They always pull out the stops, and I know like anytime we get there, especially during the summer, everyone's like really concerned about the draw because it's so nice out, brother. Um, brother, brother. Yeah, you know, but I think they're going to do very well tonight, and I think this is going to be one of those shows. If you're an ACW fan, I don't think you want to miss this one, dude. They have like on their Facebook page, mm-hmm. their uh, number of people interested in the in the Facebook event is like 270, which is a lot to me. That is a lot of people interested. Yeah, that's like a that's like a good mm-hmm. event. That like, is a really good event. Lacrosse, especially, yeah. so that's that's pretty cool for them. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of Facebook drama also happening over the past couple of weeks since we last recorded. Um, not dealing with either of us. Oh, but I just I just know that I've been I've been surfing the webs, and usually you know I've got some uh, insiders that just send me stuff so I can stay up to date on what's going on. You have some insiders, you know. You're I like do. Dave Meltzer. I am. Here. Yeah, yeah. Like with with the. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of no. It is seriously like people yeah. like honestly like random wrestlers will like Facebook message me like Hey brother, have you fucking seen this drama? Like just knowing that well, I because, feed off it. Yeah, you are a drama fiend, so yeah. you're getting this shit in, like straight mainline into your veins these days. I so should what, be writing a fucking newsletter for local oh Wisconsin God. wrestling. <laughs> yeah, and charge like five bucks a month or something. Um, it's fucking so, hilarious. So, so what's, what's the latest drama that kind of got you intrigued? What was it? I Honestly, I can't remember 
there there was at least three different Facebook dramas that that mm-hmm. uh, that were over the internet. The only one that I can specifically remember was something about the dude that dresses up like a Dragon Ball Z character, saying that he's the best in the Midwest, and then everybody was shitting on him for saying that. Uh-huh. That's that's the that's I think uh, I think Pauly Tomaselli was commenting on there or something and saying that you can't do that. I don't really exactly remember well, what was happening. You can't uh, call yourself the best in the Midwest or dress up as a Dragon Ball Z character. I think it may be a, like half and half. Or if you dress up <laughs> as a Dragon Ball Z character, it has to be like one of the, you know, he, I mean, I think he dressed up like a Saiyan, but he wasn't like defined oh. as which. I don't know. I actually have no idea. Well, but well, all I know is they were shitting on him a little bit. Was he more or less like dressed as, uh, not as Saiyan, but like maybe a member of the Ginyu Force? Like he's wearing that. Oh, nice fucking reference, yeah, dude. dude. Man, like, uh, nice. You know, like, I fucking yeah. like that. No, I think, uh, and I, 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 I'm not like shitting on him by not knowing his name. I just don't know who he is. I know that AC Riley, I think, either wrestled him or was on the same card as him once. And uh, I thought, from what I knew, he was a pretty, pretty cool dude. But apparently, he said something about being the best in the Midwest, and a lot of people took, you know, because it's, it's a big deal to take offense. Oh, you fucking asshole! Why would you? Oh my god. Oh my God! Why? How could you do that? How could you call yourself that? I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna type this shit up, you fucking prick. I'm gonna let you know that you're not the best, you fucking asshole. And uh, but no, then it ended actually very civilly. And I think like Frank offered to like bring him, like you know, come to their training seminars or something. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And it was like pretty tame way to end Facebook drama. But wow. Yeah, so, that was so like this guy one. went from being like, "Hey, you're the best in the Midwest," to uh, like, "Hey, you should come in and uh, train some more." Yeah, wow. And then I think like another couple of days ago, like one of the, um, I don't want to, uh, one of the uh, quote unquote like famous refs in the area, you know, um, I think gotten like a spat with another uh, manager or something in the area. I don't know. It was some bullshit that I just like fell down a deep rabbit hole, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on? Wow. Why do people get mad at each other over this shit? Mm-hmm. It's so stupid." I've never. I don't. Let me think. <sighs> let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Have I ever? been involved in direct Facebook drama. I don't think I have. I don't think anybody's ever called me out on Facebook. I've never <laughs> called anybody else out on Facebook. I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to think, but I don't think I have ever been involved and I'm just I'm just trying to understand that perspective and be like, you know, like in that moment like how does that even how do you feel in that moment? You know what I mean? Have you ever been involved in Facebook drama? No, not really. No. No. Can't like, think of anything? There's no. never been, like, somebody that's commented or made a post, and you're like, I fucking disagree with that. But then, like, you weren't, like, civil about it. You were, like, kind of, like, you're, like, trying to shame them in some way or another. Like, that's never happened. Like, somebody's been like, hey, man, um, I like to fucking pour my milk for my cereal. And you commented on it, you're like, you're a fucking idiot. That's the dumbest shit I ever heard. Like, that's never happened? No, no, no. I kind of just reframe from the uh, Facebook drama, because to tell you the truth, like, half the drama, <laughs> like, with pro wrestling happens, like, off of Facebook. That's even better. Yeah, so, kind of like the whole... Uh, Hey, brother, I'm going to sue you if you don't give us your footage, you know? Like, uh, shout out to Ace Spade for that one, you fucking dick. Um, hey, really quick question yeah. before we dive deeper in the episode. I wanted to do this because we talked about it a little bit prior um, and because I just don't give a shit. What's your favorite or your least favorite NAW story? <laughs> yeah, I want something here. I don't know what it is, but I want something. Um, one of my favorites. I always, I always we like do a whole fucking podcast on. Yeah, this. we probably should. Um, one of my fa- like, I got two. Okay, and I don't know if they're from the same show. They might be. So maybe three. Okay, so I always enjoy the story of Ryan Brown buying Aria Davari a beer when Aria Davari was like seventeen. Yeah, that's great. That's a pretty good story. Yeah, um, I do love the story of. 
Oh god, the uh, the engagement in the ring, and we called it. Oh like, my god, it was like god. the most legit thing of all time. I forgot about that. That was that, that was, was the that fucking was... that was the worst thing I have oh ever god. seen in my entire life. Paint yep. a picture. Can you paint a picture for us? Um, imagine a long if you time will. Ago. Um, an empty gymnasium. Yeah. Huh, well, it wasn't empty. There was maybe like twenty people there. Okay, twenty people, but still pretty pretty <laughs> light crowd. Um. It's very dead silent. And then you have me and Nick up in this, like, little crow's nest. We are doing our best, like, Mike Tanay, Don West, like, early TNA <laughs> shit, you know? Like, oh, my God, this is the most beautiful moment ever. Well, and, yeah. and so Ace, I think Ace uh, fucking proposed to some lady. Yeah, he proposed to his, like, I think manager slash girlfriend at the time. And instead of using a ring, they used a dog collar. Yeah, well, he had the dog. He put the dog collar on, right? Or did he put the dog collar on her? I can't remember who ended up with oh, the dog man. collar on. I, I, I think he put the dog collar on her. Regardless, yeah. somebody was walking out the other on a leash. Yeah. And, uh, like a freak. And, yeah, that yeah. was, like, the moment where we <laughs> – oh, my God. This is so beautiful! Wow, yeah. there is, is there is, is there video ed- evidence of this somewhere? Oh, I I think so. Yeah, it's oh gotta be God. somewhere. I I wouldn't doubt it, like either Brown or myself have it. So like that, I know, I'm not too sure if it was the same show, but you ended up winning the raffle like three times. Oh yeah! Oh my <laughs> God, that was so fucking awful, dude. Yeah, you're the only person that actually got in the raffle. Jesus, yeah. fucking Christ. So I mean, man, and then like you know. Hardcore hell at beer camp. Beer camp. You can never like oh, not man. bring a beer camp when you talk about NAW. Like we probably should have died that day. God, that was that was just the shits. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like people always tell those stories. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, well, you know, this is your first. You know, you're you're newbies, right? You uh-huh. just fucking deal with it. This is just part of the biz. And I think, like, you know, it's almost like nowadays, it almost seems for like when you see like backyard wrestling federations on YouTube and you're like, yep. ah, that's kind of like funny. Like, that's weird. Like, where do they even do that shit? Like we were a part of that. Like, this is like borderline, like backyard, that weird yeah. ass shit, mm-hmm. you know? And I apologize if you wrestled on that show and for some reason you're listening to this podcast, but like that was a booking that most people I think should be like, nah, I'm good. Like, I don't need to do yeah, that. You know, it was out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I honestly, yeah. I, I thought, dude, I'm not kidding. When we uh-huh. pulled up there, I thought that was like a scenario where like we were going to get fucking killed. <laughs> like seriously, it was like a, a yeah. fucking remote farm. Yep. Like in these like hillbilly looking motherfucks at beer camp. Like it sounds like that's something that somebody would make up like, oh shit. Well, like we want to murder some fuckers, right? Mm-hmm. Like what can we, uh, David, what do we call this? A beer camp. Beer camp. Call it beer camp. Yeah, because we're drink beer in camp. Call it beer camp. I remember sitting there calling it like, I remember we were calling it, and the only thing, I I can't remember a ton of it, but I remember being like, dude, we're going to fucking die here. Yeah. Like, we're going to get killed. Mm -hmm. It was like one of those things, too. Like, did did they feed us, too? I don't remember. Did they? They might have. We might have got some, like, pasta salad or something like that. Um, Pasta salad? Yeah, but it was just... It was one of those shows where you're just like, why, why, you know, why? See, I think, yeah, because it's different. Like, remember when we did Smash's family thing? Right, oh, yeah, it's totally different. Like, yeah. it's different, right? We're like there to have fun. Like, we know what we're doing, right? Yep. We're, we're joking around with the people there. We they invited us in for some grub afterward. We yep. mingled with some of the family. Like, it was a fun time. Um, this event was like we were went to a family thing, but. Everybody took it super fucking serious, and there was yep. like a shit. There were like fucking light tubes and shit. Like yep. people were bleeding like crazy. I was like, "What the fuck are we doing here?" Yeah, like what the shit was going on. That's basically what it was. Yeah, God, that was like one of our 
first three yeah. or four shows. Yeah. So that that's saying something. I think that was like your second show. Wasn't yeah, it? it was like one of the. It was very early yeah. on, and I was like, you know, I was like a newbie. I was like, oh my god, I'm so excited to be doing this. This yeah. is. We're going to make the big time. You know what I mean? No. No, right? Well, what were you thinking? Like, at that time, were you like, okay, we're moving up a little bit. We're kind of getting there. Like, well, what were you no, thinking when that like, happened? At the time, I'm like, I was probably thinking, like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> like, because, oh, God, we were we were just in the first few episodes of doing, like, New Age Wrestling on uh, KQEG, you know? And I had to, you know, we had to produce content, like, a lot of content, you know? Because, like, it was supposed to be a weekly show, and we are out here in the middle of bumfuck Egypt. Right. Like, this, this there's a the fucking background is a field of corn it was you know and it's just like oh my god like how how are we supposed to do this and brian brown's like you know running around i think at that point in time he was using oh god like his batteries on his camera weren't that good so we had to hook up his camera to an extension cord so he's running around with a fucking extension cord at the time like norman was there you know like he was taking photographs and stuff like that i remember it was just it was just it was a shit show yeah and who who won that was it frost did Frost end up being a spade in the All finals? I remember is that Frost was the guy that got hit with the light tube, and his back was just covered in blood, and I yeah. was like, that can't be good. Yeah. Like, that can't be good. Whatever happened to Frost? I don't know, dude. I think he fucking melted. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he's no longer permafrost, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, we, we could do a whole fucking episode on NW. I mean, maybe probably. we should, you know? Like, maybe we'll uh, do one of those special episodes one day. When we reach, a, like, a certain number, we'll do a New Age Wrestling retrospective. Oh, it's just weird how perspectives change, you know, like nowadays you look at some of the, the feds and the companies in the area and you're like, you know, they got it going on. But I remember, you know, just being fucking 16, 17 and going to these shows and just being like, this is fucking it. Like this, this is the level below WWE, right? Like this is, this is where, you know, this is the Indies people talk about. And now you look back on, you're like, no, no that was like, no, that, that was, was like just above like living room brawls. Pretty yeah, much. it was, it was, we, we worked the grimy indie scene for a while. Yeah. But it was the yeah. it was the foot in, so to speak, right? Yeah. Because we went back to me and AC went back to a, uh, NAW to do the whole Riley as a heel and Nikki Duche gimmicks. Yeah. So, in theory, as well, if it wasn't for NAW, I mean, you wouldn't be you know going to shows and filming. Yeah. Right now, and I probably would be married with kids. That's what I think too. Yeah, sometimes no, I'm, I'm like, you know, I yeah, wouldn't be in wrestling either. I'd yeah. just be fucking. I don't even know. I probably have been married with kids. Yeah. I'd be, uh, I, yeah. I'd probably be like, I'd probably be like inventing a Facebook or something. Like I'd be a billionaire. I, I don't, don't know. Th- no, no. Like Maybe. I don't know if you want to invent Facebook. I mean, they, they've been in a lot of t- like Zuckerberg's been in a shit ton of drama lately too. Well, just think about, think about right. Like how many years ago? Like almost ten years ago. Yeah, it was. And at that time, I think NAW was a regular book because I think I remember going to quite a few shows. Like or you know, or Todd doing WPW at that yeah. time, and like they, they're all these kind of meshed together. Man, like having like that many Saturdays. Like just not doing that, like that mm-hmm. adds up. It really like, does. Like think about that. It really does. Like even if you only went to one show every other weekend for mm-hmm. ten years, right? Yeah. What is that? So that's twenty four times ten. That's two hundred and forty days. Yeah. That's almost. That's a whole almost year. a whole fucking year. It is. Yeah. It's and that now that now now you nowadays now you throw in like last week and you throw in Friday and Saturday. That's two days. Yeah. Other times double shots, triple shots. I mean Jesse. Through this, through this fucking decade, you're talking about more than a year's worth of time spent, yeah. not including back-end editing, not including other shit that you got going on. Yeah, wow. It's fucking nuts. Dude, man, you just make me really uh, really sad about my existence Sorry. right now. Thank yeah. you. Um, Yeah, we should probably really get going on and booking a very sad show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Well, th- no, that's a good way to, for us to kick off. But, uh, mm-hmm. again, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Yeah. That was our intro, I guess. 
Um, <laughs> we in our last episode talked about booking our own our own first first show in a small yeah, town in Wisconsin. Yeah. So we kind of went over the the concept of getting sponsors. You know, where to run, maybe perhaps a name, like how how to advertise stuff like that. Basically, you know, like the bare bones that you want to do, like leading up to it. Now we're going to get into the fun part. Yeah. This is the part that might actually the piss booking. people off. The booking part. Yeah. But I would say, you know, if you didn't listen to the last episode, go back and listen to it. I think, you know, honestly, I was, mm-hmm. um, I think me and AC were like having lunch or something one day and we were, I was talking about this episode a little bit. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not trying to like tout ourselves, to but, I th- but I think there actually yeah. is, you know, I mean, and again, this isn't for like, this isn't, and this isn't like an advice show, right? Like we're not sitting here like trying to be like, this is what you need to do to no, be no, successful. No. I mean, if we're just talking a, through how yeah. we would do it if we were to to run our first show. And I actually think there are some value. There's some value in that. Yeah, definitely. Because like, who was it? Um, there's there's a lot of people that still just like out of the blue just decide they want to start running, you know. And sometimes with good intentions, sometimes it's very much like. Either you've been jaded or, you know, smited somewhere else, so you decide to run, you know. But, you know, everyone at some point in time wants to put their fingers in the pie and play Booker Man. Yeah. Every once in a while, someone wants to be a promoter, you know. Yeah. It's, it's not so much, you know, and a lot of it, it's like, you know, people think they can do it better than other people. Yeah. And they want to draw and they want to make money and they want to promote, you know, like, you know, wrestling in their area, which is great because, like, you the more places there are for boys to work, the better. Yeah. But at the same time, though, make sure they're good places to work. Yeah. Because if they're just bad places to work. Here's the cycle, right? Yeah. So let's say there is a place trying to get off the ground running, right? Yeah. Um, and they have bad draws at the beginning. Bad draw. Do you think, like, is that considered a bad place to work? Or are you saying, like, organizationally, like, not only are they drawing bad, but the leadership's bad and uh, – Obviously, the marketing portion of it's bad, and you're worried about getting paid. Like, is that is is that what you mean, or is there a defining factor simply like just not drawing means that you shouldn't work there? You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? Um, I think like bad management and paydays are huge. You know, draws. Yeah, I think sometimes draws. You know, that kind of like that's a reflection of everything that's been put in is bad draws. So you can have really good organization. And you can, but if you have a bad draw, well, it's like, why did you have a bad draw? It's like, did you advertise right? Did you try to get the word out? Did the boys try to help that out? You know, sometimes you run into like issues, especially in the Midwest, where it seems like every weekend there's a fucking festival. Yeah. You know, it does. Hey, you know what? You know what's going on this weekend in town, Nick? What? Pickle Fest. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. Like something like that, you know? So. You got to make sure you got that shit on, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> RCCW is running against Ashley for the Arts this next. And I was in, yeah. bed, I was in bed uh, last night with the TV on. Mm-hmm. This fucking commercial comes on. I was like, holy fuck, what is this shit? Mm-hmm. Fucking like the biggest band, Rascal Flats, fucking Chris Daughtry. I'm not a big fan of those bands, but yeah, I was like, Rick who Springfield, the, that I like, fucker. I was like, who the fuck is it? Ashley of the Arts. I was like, they're going to run against that? Yeah. Holy fuck, dude. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Here's my question for you. Before yeah, sure. we, now we're gonna we're gonna get into booking eventually. So you mm-hmm. know, fucking listen tight or press that fast forward 15 button if you want to listen to that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Fuck yourself. People talk about this a lot. When you first break into the biz, or let's say you're trying something new, or or you need to like redefine who you are. But you know, for example, you know, like an ACW, a BCW. Even a WPW nowadays, it's not like you can just be like, give them a call and be like, hey, man, like, I want to work there. You know, this is who I am, blah, blah, blah. Like, you need to start somewhere, though, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
What does that say for some of these poorly run organizations? Or do you think overall, like if you're just breaking the biz, it's not necessarily bad to get your start there so people can start to see you. But if you've been in for like five, six, seven, eight, nine years, and those are the only, you know, I'm just trying to figure out because if, I feel like sometimes when you look at some of these 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 poorly run shows, um, you see some of the people working there, and it might be the only place they're working, yeah. right? So at some point, do you are you saying like you have to reevaluate and go, am I even like, am I destined for this, or you know, because I, I look at it like this, right? And this may sound bad, but if like I was managing, and the only place mm-hmm. that I could manage was one of those. ABC promotions that draws 20 people and yep. uh, whatever. I'd just be like, I'm done. Like, I'm not even, it's not even worth my fucking time, dude. Like, I'm not going to worry about getting paid. Yeah, like, hang with boys, that's cool and everything, but it's just, it, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, what do you say about that, I guess? Oh, well, you know, that's a good question. It's like, uh, everyone's got a different opinion on that. So, if you're trying to get in with a certain fed, like, one of the best things you can do these days is, like, just hop in that right. fed's training center. Like, that's a big thing. If you can hang there, then you can hang anywhere, really. Right. Um, but if it's one of those things where, you know, you're nine, ten years in, but you're look, working in your local fed that pulls in, like, 20 people, like, I hate to say it, but, but, but I bet you're, you know, at this point in time, it's not about getting anywhere. It's right. very much about just, like, having that outlet. You know, it's kind of like uh, building model cars, you know? Like, is that going to lead you to becoming a mechanic? No, but, you know, like, you're building fucking model cars, you know? So... Maybe that that's all it is. That's all you're supposed to be doing, you know? But if you really have the ambition and you really work hard, like if you're eight, nine, ten years in the road. You shouldn't you know, be at those places. You shouldn't anymore. be at those places anymore. Or and if you are at those places, like hopefully you're you're investing time into like either your students or younger people or something like that. So it becomes like a learning experience for the people on the card instead of just like, you know, hey, we just rest in front of twenty people for a wet fart. I'm here to do fucking super kicks and hit people with fucking chairs and get color brother yeah we're gonna do cradle pile drivers on the apron jesus christ yeah so yeah that's that i guess i don't know i think we're just we're just we're just so controversial this episode jesse oh my gosh wow i really I, Might I as well shut we down are. the fucking network i really don't think we are um but no it's just like one of those things where it's just like you know people are gonna do what people are gonna do you know but one of the weird things about booking the show is like when we talked in the last episode like how many matches because that kind of really defines how we're going to kind of like go about this five or six you know, I've been on shows with anywhere from five to nine or ten. It's too many. I, I five is not bad, but I think six is pretty round. I think six is a pretty sweet spot. Here's what I say. Yeah. Ready? Mm-hmm. It depends, though. Yeah. If you're a new, if you're a new, fucking fed, and nobody, and let's be fucking honest here, dude. Uh huh. Like you know, depending on where you're booking, there's a like fifty fifty chance that anybody that comes to the show isn't gonna know. Fucking 50% of the wrestlers. If it, Depending on what your draw is going to be, right? Like, we've yeah, yeah, seen yeah. shows before that draw 30 people, and 29 of those people are families and friends of the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. But if your goal is to draw fucking 50 or 100 in your first show, a lot of times they might or might not know the workers depending on where it is that you're booking in the state. Now, that can be mm-hmm. remedied a little bit, you know, when you do your Facebook plugs and you do all this yep. other stuff. Maybe you can get some local media advertising and things like that. But in saying that, what's the point? You know, it's different when you do, like, WWE. It's, like, eight fucking matches with, like, fucking 30 guys that you definitely fucking know. Like, oh, sweet, that means I'm going to see all these different guys. I'm so excited. Yep. Opposed to being, like, eight fucking matches with John Smith versus the Terrorizer. And it's like, hey, fuck. Listen, I'm John Smith. <laughs> I'm facing the Terrorizer. 
Coming up here on August 15th. Are you trying to make it the most generic promo ever? Because yeah, that's what I would imagine John from Smith John Smith. Is a John, generic, John the generic Smith. John the generic Smith. <laughs> Not to be confused with John Smith from the Pocahontas lore. <laughs> Not to be confused with him. Because I'm John the generic Smith. <laughs> John the ge- I Nothing wrong with being generic. Tell you the truth. Here's the best thing about generic. You what? can get me at a cheaper rate than the name brand. Nice. Yeah, that's a yeah, yeah. that's a good selling point. Maybe yeah. I should somebody should steal that. But uh, he, okay, so but that's my point of yeah. view on it, right? So the less matches, the better. Because at this point, you just want to get people in and out and show them that there's something fun that they that they can go to yeah. on whatever given night that you pick. Mm-hmm. Right. Pretty much. So with six matches, do you do? Do you even think about doing tag matches? Now the reason why you. Because tag matches, you involve four people while a singles match you involve yeah. two. Um, which means that you're going to be increasing costs. Here's why yes. I like tag matches. Okay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give somebody some shine okay. here. When we did um, we, we did Riverfest for RCCW, yep. Flex Appeal versus Aesop and Derek St. Holmes. Good match. For a, yeah. It was like one of those really good fest matches where the guys on the outside, um, you know, the guys on the apron, did a really good job of getting the crowd involved. And I think that's important because we'll talk about this in a sec. I'm not so sure that it's necessary, even as a manager myself, in a first-off, a one-off show, to have managers, right? It's almost like, here's what we'll talk about. Ready, Jesse? Mm-hmm. We're just going to be all over the place. Is it important to have fucking championships for your very first show? No. Right. I don't think it is. I don't either. Um, Why? Why? Yeah, you know... <sighs> I understand, like, championships really uh, kind of brand your company or give it some type of legitimacy. But at the same time, though, it's like if you have no plans to go anywhere further than a first show, then you're crowning a champion based on, like, let's say you do a singles match between, like, John Smith and, you know, the Terrorizer. Like, I, sure. that's our main event. It's for our company title. Yeah. Like, if these are the two best guys that you have, like <laughs> – how, how how did you determine these guys would be fighting for your championship right. or all that stuff? You know, like, I think it almost makes sense just, like, not to worry about titles and worry about presenting the best product that you can to the fans there. Because the second you start kind of muddling stuff with, like, gimmicks like titles or, like, you know, like, feud, end of feud matches. Like, it's our first show, man. But these two guys have been feuding. Yes. Forever, yeah. we're gonna have ourselves yep. a strap match. Yeah. Like I don't think anyone's gonna give a shit about a strap match in their your first show. It's I, like because they've never seen fucking John Smith and Terrorizer. I think that honestly, we I go back to this all the time, and we talk uh-huh. about it on this podcast. But I go back to that that fucking first wrestling show that we went to. Um, I'm not sure if this was where Wildcat was there at the beginning, and yeah. then Wildcat and um and. Uh, Yellow Dog were there at the end, oh, right? Yeah. It was like the perfect circle, right? Yep. All of the stories that they told for the night were told in that show. In that show, in the ring, right? Mm-hmm. They and there wasn't really anything that they brought beforehand, right? It's like, oh man, we're like lifelong rivals. Oh god, there was none of that bullshit. And at the end of the night, it felt like everything tied perfectly well together. And yeah. I was like sitting there, like, holy fuck. 
I didn't. I never had time to check what they were doing on social media before then. Yep. I haven't been to a first show in forever, but I felt like I came here. I saw everything I needed to see. It was fucking perfect. All the matches told stories, and yeah, there was there was great athleticism on, on display as well, right? Which I really enjoy when it comes to wrestling. But mm-hmm. that's exactly what I think as a first time show or your first couple of shows should be bookended as until you establish like this being your territory, right? Mm-hmm. Here's another question. Yeah, sure. So as a new promotion, now we're kind of going back into the previous the podcast but that's okay do you make it a point to have a home base right off the bat or do you or do you test a bunch of different spots to see what works best i think it's i think it's smart to have a home base because like well think about this all right so your first show is done and be like hey man like our first show was great now come see us 40 miles the fuck away like no you're like, not wrong. No, be like, you guys had fun tonight. <laughs> we'll be back in six weeks right here. <laughs> exactly, right, you know, yeah. Like that, that's what you kind of want, you know. It's like you, you establish an identity based on, like, your venue and stuff like that. So if you can constantly book in the same place, that, that's a huge that's a huge thing because, like, then everyone knows, oh, Harry, you are I can go down here and watch pro wrestling yeah. every six weeks. Exactly. So that that's another big component mm-hmm. of it, I think, too. But, yeah, when you look at the overall structuring of this first card, I don't think, as we just talked about, it's necessary to have titles. Try to try – to, if you want to do stories, you know, I'm – everybody – again, mm-hmm. a lot of people that do this – want to be fucking Vince McMahon, right? So they want to, like, God book out, like, it. they want to, God damn it, they want to book out, like, two-year-long storylines for this very first show when, realistically, you have no idea what's going to happen. Yep. You have no clue. Like, mm-hmm. are we going to be able to uh, to be still a promotion in six months? I don't know. So what you do is you need to get you need to get people interested. And, yeah, you want to be like, oh, well, let's, let's give them storylines so that the next show they're like, we want to come back, we want to see more. But do something with the show that you have so they know that when they come back next time, they can be just as easily entertained. It doesn't need to be tied to long-term storylines. You can do all that on the show without titles and without gimmicks. So I yep. think I think that's big. I think a tag team match, though, going back to that original thing that we talked about like literally 10 minutes ago, um, I think a tag match is, is fine. You know, I just think you need to make sure, though, that you're keeping costs down, obviously, because you don't know. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and, you know, just in trying to work with – and giving a little bit of variety I think helps too, especially if you have six matches, throw a tag team match in the middle there somewhere. Um, one thing that we talked about beforehand, though, when it comes to these first shows, depending, I guess, on where you book, do you think there's merit in, our, in, in saying let's bring in a name for the first show to try to increase our draw for the first show so that we just get more eyes on the first show and that would maybe set us up for success for shows two, three, four, five, et cetera, et cetera? You know, you know, there, there's some merit to that. You know, um, a name brings recognition, and it's not like, oh, hey, wow, these guys can afford uh Marty Jannetty. Marty Jannetty. You know, Marty Jannetty is going to come in and wrestle for us. You know, um, I, I think there is definitely some merit to that because, like, you know, people are really like, oh man, like I remember Marty Jannetty when back in the '80s and the yeah. '90s. You know, yeah, I'd love to go see Marty Jannetty. Right. You know, um. So there, there's some merit on that. But at the same time, though, it's like you – if you're putting together your first show and depending on what your budget is, it might not make fiscal sense to bring right. in a name right away. Especially if you're concerned about, well, how how, how I'm going to pay the rest of the boys or do we have enough money for this? Do we have to dip into, like, the gate right? You know, at the venue? Um, so there's a lot of different questions to be asked, like, with that. Um, I Honestly, sometimes I think – 
And if you do start with a name, then does your fan base expect you to bring a name every show? Mm-hmm. So it, do you are you already setting yourself up for failure doing that? You know, there's a lot of different variables there. Sure. Um, it all depends. I really, it all depends on what your budget is, budget is, and what your plan is. Sure. Um, if your budget is tight and your plan is very loose, um, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe just present the best product that you can with the six matches that you have. Right. And then reward yeah. your fan base down the road. That's if you know everything kind of works out. So, yeah, it's like I was looking through the uh, Facebook timeline today, and you'd be uh, you'd be surprised what popped up. Uh, pretty much River City Championship Wrestling's first show on August 3rd, 2014. Oh, wow. So, and I'm pretty sure on that show they didn't bring any names. Right. It was a benefit show. Yeah. You know, it was for Which Cody's, is yeah, Cody's lo- bucket list. And a lot of people, yeah. uh, now that I think about it, a lot of places have their first shows as benefit shows. Yeah. Because it does test the waters, right? And we know, we know, okay, we know yeah. benefit shows are great because they give back. But we know another benefit to a benefit show, which is... You don't have to pay the boys, brother. You don't brother. have to pay the boys. <laughs> because you exactly. donate your time, brother. Exactly. Yep, yep. <laughs> Every time that you see a benefit show, are you like 50% like, oh, that's great. That's really cool that doing that. But then like another 50% like, well, they're not really... I mean, there, there might be a little bit more of a sleazy yeah, thing that yeah. they're doing here. Um, You know, it all depends. You know, like, I, we've worked with some promotions who do run benefit shows, yes. and you do get paid. Yeah. You know, that's cool. That is super cool because they, they're just like... The we're promoters gonna, are donating a yeah, lot then. Exactly. Or, you know, sometimes we work a benefit show where no one gets paid. That's the way it goes. Yeah. You get a hot dog and a handshake, brother. And I think, know? yeah, it's understandable, but I think there is sometimes, depend, and, and this sounds bad, yep. but depending on who the promoter is that's doing it, sometimes mm-hmm. there's like a, there might be like a, I feel like there's an ulterior motive here as to why we're doing a benefit show yeah. that's not. Well, as, there's also like, it's a goodwill aspect that yeah. like, hey, you know, we're giving back, Perfect. you know, like that's, that draws at the heartstrings. Now, should we, should our first show be a benefit show, Nick? Nah, I don't, I I, again, I don't think it's the worst idea. And, you know, and I think, and I'm trying to think, and I, and I, just because, I, and I keep, I bring up Riley's name on this because he kind of asked me, you know, for, gui- not guidance, but asked my opinion on a lot of different things. And I think when he, remember when he started doing those university shows, mm-hmm. I think actually he had a pretty decent idea. And I, I, I can't remember if this is exactly how it is, so I apologize if Riley's listening and I'm wrong. But I almost think that he did a benefit show, but then he told the guys, he's like, Hey, I don't know right now exactly what I'll be paying you, but I, I'll be tr- I'll try to get you whatever I can. So it wasn't like a yeah. guarantee that you, they would make fifty bucks or forty or thirty or whatever, but it was like I'm gonna get you something at yep. least cover gas, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think that's that's always like a pretty decent option. Um, but again, you know, I because you want to pay your guys. Um, you know, to, sh- to show them that obviously their their time is is very well appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, <clears throat> another big component of a, a fundraising show is at the end of the night you want to be like we gave as much as we possibly could because yeah. you don't want to you don't want to be like you know we did so well tonight at this benefit show for the terrorizer's son who's got like <laughs> stage five terminal. He's definitely He's got stage five terminal life, you know? Like, he is going to die at some point in time. We're not too sure when or where, but he's definitely going to die. All right, let's figure out how much money we made. And you, you bring over the coffer. <laughs> 220 and, bucks. 350 $350. $350. $350. Yeah. Yeah, you, don't, you never want that to happen because that's just – I mean, that's – but that's just how it works sometimes. I don't know. 
I, I I think you can go either way. I don't think I don't think it's a worth because as you mentioned, just mm-hmm. for like publicity's sake, you know, as a as a somebody raising money, I mean, you'll probably get more free media advertising, right? Yeah. And um, I'm not sure if me and you talked about this or if I talked about this with somebody else, but uh, you know, local organizations that are willing to kind of help with a cause usually have a better um, a better reputation in the public, yeah. right? Like we talk about this here in lacrosse, the loggers are seemingly attached with so many different community service initiatives. Mm-hmm. And it just, it really like makes them feel like they're part of the community. Yeah. There's they a care. Yeah. And there's a couple of other similar organizations that don't do that. And yeah. I think it's pretty blatantly obvious the difference between the two teams and mm-hmm. especially the success difference between them as well. So, yeah. you know, I think you can go both ways with that. I, I guess I would just make sure because we have that perception sometimes that if you do do a um, a benefit show that it's known that it's not because you don't want to pay the boys like that would be yeah that's that, a big that's kind of always it. like the uh, the black eye on that type of thing. But you know if if you do decide to run your first show as a benefit show, make sure it's something that you actually definitely care about. Yeah, because if it's just you're playing, you know. Benefits show fucking dartboard game, you know, you're just throwing your fucking dart at something, you know. Fuck, you know, you're not going to give a shit about what you do. Here's what I'm going to ask about really quick. Ready? Controversy. Okay. I'm going to ask about this. I don't give a shit. Okay. There's the Fed going around wrestling for a cause. Okay. What? Have you heard of this one? Yeah. Is it a benefit show every time or is that just their name? Because the last time they made a poster, I was like, oh, this is like a regular thing. And then I tried to like figure out what cause they were wrestling for, and I couldn't find one. Yeah. And I'm not trying to bury anybody. I'm just curious. I was like, is this the name, or are they actually a ongoing benefit wrestling show? I don't even know who's in charge of it. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think we did their first show. They actually did run a benefit for a, a small child. And I actually, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That actually they had a pretty decent turnout that day. That was a good show. I remember um, that. And I remember specifically, though, yep. they were like, we're wrestling for a cause, and we're raising money for X. Yes. I've seen like eight shows from them since, and mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen an advertised benefit well maybe they're running you know maybe they're still raising money for x you know like dmx they're raising money for dmx after yeah maybe i'm just i, I just I want to know. throw that out there maybe yeah. if somebody else knows they can tell us maybe the the fucking people that run it can tell us yeah. i'm just curious i'm yeah. not trying to bury anybody no, 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 but no. i think it's a valid question I, I would assume that they're probably wrestling for a cause you know and like hopefully causes me being able them being able to fucking eat at night because otherwise they're not going to be able to afford fucking groceries maybe is that what you're saying you know if you're wrestling to afford groceries fuck you're doing it wrong (laughs) you're fucking doing it wrong dude you think so hey brother like payday was a little light Uh, man like you're gonna make me fucking eat ramen for the next three weeks here brother oh man and he's like i'm just curious why, why are you wrestling for grocery money? What do you here? think about that? What do you think about a market? What do you think about uh, calling your Fed wrestling for a cause? But if you're not a benefit show, it's almost like you're just saying that you're wrestling for a cause. Well, you know, as long as you have a cause that you're wrestling for, right? But it can be anything. Yeah, of course. It's very open ended. Oh, okay. I just, I, I just came to my mind after talking about benefit shows. I just never, we never talked yeah. about that on here. Yeah, you know, so you know, I, I would assume. Like every show, they try to find something within that community they're running that they could actually give money back to. That'd be cool. Yeah, like a like a, a portion of the proceeds. Or you'd be like, "Hey, man, we'll put it on wrestling shows for the public library, so you don't have to end up being like us in the middle of the ring." Oh my god, 
I cannot believe you just said that, but yeah. it, was, it was great. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. No, that's not a bad idea. 50% of all your ticket sales go to, like, organization Or, X. like, uh, the Hunger Task Force or something like that. You know, something that, that makes sense that can make a dent in the I community. think you need to advertise that, though. Because they do. don't. They yeah. definitely don't. Because I was looking for it. I was like, oh, this is a neat thing. That, that's cool <laughs> that they're doing But I couldn't find it. Imagine if uh, it's one of those things where you got the... Uh, like one of those Plinko boards or some bullshit like that. Oh. And you're just like, all right, at the end of the night, we're going to drop this chip and whatever, like, you know, benefit it lands in. You know? And then it lands on, like, ISIS. It's like, oh, fuck. Why do we even have that one on there? Why? Who, who the fuck put ISIS on I guess on now we're board? donating to ISIS. I, apparently, you know, I, that's... Well, so we're talking. On, the U.S. government did that in the first place. Oh, shit. So we're talking yep. about booking a show. Yep. We talked about booking name, tag teams, blah, blah, uh-huh. blah. Okay, here's another question. Uh-huh. I I kind of said this earlier, but do you in your mind do you think you need like special talent? Like, do you need a quote unquote commissioner? Do you need a quote unquote manager for this show? <laughs> like, do you need that bullshit? Um, first show, I don't think you do. Right. Um, man, me, all you need for that first show is a ring announcer. Yeah. Do you like? Do you need an AV crew? Here's all. Here's what yeah. you need. You need fucking refs. Yeah, refs. Okay. Should he have like two okay, refs? Two, two to three. Two to three. Yeah. I'm sorry. You need two. You need two refs, and I would say at least make them look presentable. Okay. Yeah. Here's another NAW story. Okay. The fucking first show that AC and myself ever did when we were playing the new gimmicks, the heel gimmicks. Mm-hmm. I went out there. The fucking ref was wearing like fucking Jordans, like athletic shorts, and like a, a ref shirt that was easily. Four sizes too big. Oh, wow. And had a fucking hat on. Like why, a fucking Chicago a Bulls hat. Why is he wearing a fucking hat? I don't know. I made fun of him on my promo for it. I was like, what the fuck is this? What kind of company is this? This is the dumbest shit. And I went to him. I'm like, hey, man, I'm sorry, but you're dressed like a fucking idiot right now to be a ref. I'm going to make fun of you on mic. Is that okay? He's like, oh, yeah, dude, whatever. I was like, good, because you look like a fucking idiot. It was like, why? Why is that even allowed? Yeah. Don't do that. You know, you know, because you have to like yeah. really, like if you're watching... This is again. This is about. This is about being professional. Like yep. in any sense of the word, in any type of business, you always want to be professional, or people are going to take you serious. And as a fucking performer, as a mm-hmm. person in the ring, I was like, "What the fuck are we doing?" <laughs> I can and I can imagine paying ten dollars for a ticket and being like, "The fuck is this?" And he refed every match. Every match. You know, it he refed every match. Was it one of those things where he was walking down the street and yes! like, the promoter is like, "Hey, you!" He threw the shit. Actually, at him? yes. No, it's 100%. No fucking way. Yeah. So this dude Swear was, to God. was walking around with his fucking Jordans on and his fucking Chicago Bulls hat. Yeah. You know, like thinking about how, how great the Bulls are going to be once, you know, uh, Derrick Rose this gets Derek healthy. Rose, this is Derrick yeah, Rose. And once era. he gets healthy after blowing out his knee for the fifth time, like he's just walking off. So the promoter pulls up in a fucking white van with no windows. Hey, hey kid. You want to referee a wrestling show? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It was like almost the opposite of being. It was actually very similar to being kidnapped. It was almost the same <laughs> thing. It was almost the same thing as being kidnapped. Yeah, he was ref napped. So that's wow. what happened. So don't do that. I don't think a lot of places do do that, but I think it's a funny story to tell. Just don't do it. Well, most places are. They understand that the referee is also a part of the match. That they are the conduit of communication between the back and the guys in the ring. So it, it, the ref is used for. You know, number of different things like pacing of the match. Yes, um, they're used to basically tell the guys to go home. You know what to do here and there. Double checking the guys' safety purposes and uh, all that jazz. Obviously, we have a little bit of a different perspe- perspective of going to a wrestling show and watching. I think we try to find like we try to look at like the finer details a little bit, just yeah. probably because being part of it. You know, you 
you you it's hard to just sit there and enjoy it like somebody might if they're just going to a wrestling show once every couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can tell you something that when we go to shows and if we see a ref that really like has the hand mo- movements down and is the pacing looks great and they look like they're heavily invested in the match, right? Like they're actually a fucking an official. Um, it just really adds to the the just the fucking feel and the atmosphere of mm-hmm. what's going on. Like it just makes it feel so much it- more. Legitimate. Legitimate, yeah. It's yeah. a great yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to get to. So that's important, I think. I think that's really important. That is definitely important. Plus, like, if you only have one referee, he's doing six matches. Yes. Imagine if like let's say a ref Okay, here here's here's a good example. Okay, so let's say in match three you have like a cheap finish. Exactly. You know? So the referee's like credibility might be a little off after that, you know? Yep. So it's like then you have someone to kind of replace them. Yep. So that way, you know, you can you know Give him some time off, you know? Like, everyone likes to rest. And, and, you know, it's one of those things where you're fucking doing six matches by yourself. Like, you're going to fuck up at some point in time. So having, like, a second guy there or a third guy there, like, that really kind of eases a burden. Yeah, definitely. Um, Intermission. Do you do intermission? Um, Yeah, you know? Yeah. I don't – yeah, with six matches, six to five, like, yeah, why not have an intermission? Now, depending on what you're doing with your intermission, I know a lot of different companies do – that's an opportunity for the boys to go out and sell merch. Yep. I think that's a very that's smart a great idea, idea. Because, you know, merch is a good way for the boys to earn that extra income. That's what I've always loved about and maybe other shows do it too, but that's what I loved the most about ACW mm-hmm. is before the show and during intermission, all the boys like sitting on the apron, their yep. shirts on the ropes. Like I just always have I've always loved that. Even the I yep. think I think even the heels would be out there doing it, yep. and I still love that too. It's uh, I think it's great, and I think it's a it's a great way to kind of get the fans to like get to know the guys a little bit, and it gets them a little bit more mm-hmm. invested in the product. Um, plus, then you have people walking around wearing fucking t shirts and shit, you yeah. know, or, you know, around town, and people are like, "What's that?" So, you know, it's, I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's a really good idea as well. And going back to being a benefit, you know, I think I think a fifty fifty raffle is always a great idea too. Oh, yeah. Um, but I would almost say, you know, there's always something weird with me where I see 50, 50 raffles and I'm like, oh, well, like, but 50, 50% of that raffle is going back to the place that I just paid. You know, I think that's yeah. an opportunity where you can say, Hey, we're going to do a 50, 50 raffle at every show. 50% of it goes to you. And then 50% of it will go to the nice chosen charity or something. Yeah, like, yeah. I think that's a way to kind of be, you know, add that. We're part of the community. We're helping out mm-hmm. local organizations, and then we're also helping you out as well by uh, getting some cash. So I think that's something that's cool. That yeah, you definitely. Do. That's actually a really smart idea. Yeah. You know, because, like, you don't really think about that. Right. You're just like, oh, that money is just going to go back to someone else. Right. And It's the, like yeah. with the uh, lacrosse speedway, when they do the 50-50, it's half to you, half back to the uh, the fairgrounds right. for, like, you know, improvements and yeah, shit. Yeah, right. And I think that's – and I think it's key, right, and I understand it as a as – a, wrestling promotion that's maybe drawing 50 to 100 and you need to make money every way that you possibly can yep. so if you can if you make 100 to 150 bucks off the 50 50 raffle and you take home 75 of it that's 75 that you could use you know or you could save up but at the same time you know could that 75 dollars be spent on goodwill partnerships with local organizations that might yeah. you know it's, it's just again building up the community aspect of it getting you a few more local ties, right? Because as a person that works for a nonprofit myself, if somebody, an organization comes in and says, hey, you know, we did a 50-50 raffle and yeah, we raised like 50 bucks or 100 bucks for you, but here you go. In my mind, I go, that was pretty fucking cool. Like now I will never forget that. That's something that doesn't happen very often. And I think that's another way that you can do some marketing. And yeah, it's going to cost you your 50-50 raffle. But at the same time, dude, again, you need to try setting yourself up so you're not reliant on things like a 50-50 raffle. Yeah, sometimes you have to... 
you know, lose money to make money. Exactly. You know, so that's one of the big things there. So, okay, cool. So we already set the pace that we are going to have two to three referees. We're going to have an intermission. And we're probably going to do about six matches. So, match one, do you start with a hot opener? That's a great question. I think it mm-hmm. depends on where you are. You know, because, like, a lot of times when we look at uh, bigger national, international products, right, we always think about, like, fast-paced movement, right? Like, okay, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of, like, high-tempo high-energy, high-risk shit that gets people going. Um, I think you can go that route, but I also think in in these local indies where you have, you know, a smaller, lighter crowd, that's great. But at the same time, it might just be good to have a couple of guys that can put on a really fun, you know, crowd-involved match, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like it needs to be flips and dives and this and that, but just something where – you got two guys that are really charismatic, can talk to the crowd, get the crowd involved, and do some comedy stuff. I think that's yeah. I think that's probably. I kind of like there. that too because like if you look at how New Japan structures their card in comparison to how WWE structures yeah. the card, New Japan will go out there right away and do like multi man tags. Yep, it's very much getting like the young guys very you know experience in a setting where they can learn and stuff like that, and then as you progress during the show, the quality of work progresses because you're t- working towards the main event. Right. While, like, let's say in WWE, you know, you might start out with Seth Rollins against Dolph Ziggler as your opener, right. you know, and then they they fucking they set the bar, they set the pace, and then sometimes the matches after that don't really follow suit, you know. So it's like ugh, you kind of lose the crowd that way. So you know, that's a very solid point. You know, maybe have just like two guys that really know how to work, know how to get the crowd engaged, go out there, wrestle like ten minutes. Get everyone kind of jazzed. Yeah, it's like, again, we go back to that first uh, wrestling show, and you talk about, like, Wildcat and Yellow Dog. Like, they were the first match. Uh-huh. It was hilarious. It was fucking cute as shit. It was awesome. It was but there were two like cat. And there were two, like, legit wrestling guys, and then all of a sudden um, they get interrupted, and then at the very end, mm-hmm. you know, we don't end with fucking Davari or Eric Cannon or, you know, one of the other fucking big names that first brings in. We end with Yellow Dog and Wildcat taking on two dudes in kilts. Yep. And it's like, but it was it was a perfect full circle, and it was a fun ending to the night. And again, it made me go, man, that was really fun. Like that was just a fun time. It wasn't. I wasn't sitting there like analyzing storylines <laughs> and shit like I do with you know. It's like, oh man, like how are they gonna go moving forward? I was yep. just like, you know what, that was a lot of fun. I had a really good time. That was good. So I think that's that's pretty important. Um, what I want to ask you uh, with this, you know, and and this is kind of where we kind of get into um, maybe. Actual names, right? Okay. But if you're booking somewhere here in Wisconsin, you know, give me like three guys that you think would be good to book. That's kind of like from this this area, right? Like three guys that you think would be really good to have on this on this first show card. Um, that's a good question. So like, you're looking to set your identity, right? Yeah. You know, one of the guys like I would probably book right away. Like if you're talking about someone who can get the crowd engaged, especially if you're going to work that first half of that show, uh, fucking get the Marman. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. literally, like, he's one of the most, he's one of the funnest guys to see in the ring because he yeah. gets everyone involved. Yep. Everyone involved. And it's, he can he works very well as a babyface. He works very well as a heel. So, depending on what you want to do with the Marman, he, he's very versatile. Yeah. Kind of what you want from a performer on these shows. It's like someone who could either play role of good guy or bad guy. So, that way, you can kind of really free up what you want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Uh, you know, one guy that I would, and we we're probably going to be talking about the same guys that we always talk about. But you know, one guy that I think is, I think he's just 
there's a reason why he, he is where he's at right now. And I think, you know, if you can ever find a way to get Sadist on your shows, you need to yeah. do it. Because he he's not only really good at getting crowd involved and he's, he's really good at structuring matches, but, man, he's just – He's that believable wrestler, right? Yeah. You know, like you, like you have like a predisposed, um, you know, interpretation of what wrestling is, and you see Sadis come out, and he's this big bald dude with tattoos, and he's got a beard, and he just has this intensity that really sells wrestling. Like it's like yeah. I, I, you know, because there has to be guys that you see in the ring that you're like, I would not fuck with that guy. Yeah. And Sadis is one of those guys. I would not fuck with that guy. Nope. I would mm-hmm. not. I would never even think of fucking with that guy. There, there's an old school philosophy that wrestlers should not look like people in the crowd. Yes. You know, so it's like, you know, it's like Joe Schmo who sits in that front row is looking up and he sees a guy. He's like, oh, man, I look exactly like that dude. <laughs> you know, I can fucking do that. Like, yeah. then you'd be like, ah, he's fucking nothing special. But if, like, the dude looks like he's going to murder you. Yep. Then yeah, it's something special. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You got another so, one? Yeah. Um, I if you're looking at a guy who could work, who's like a believable bad guy, you know, I always enjoyed the the bad guy shenanigans of one Jared Jacks. Yep. You know, like uh, the swag man, especially as the heel. Like, there is so much cockiness with that, and it's one of those things where he's a smaller guy. He's believable that you can actually beat him, but somehow, some way, he always finds a way to win. Yep. You know? Yep. I think that's that's three definitely good guys. And if you want to, I got I got two more that we could add if we wanted to make it a, a round five. But I think Chase McCoy uh, mm-hmm. continues. To, I think Ch- it's weird. I think you know Chase McCoy's been in the biz for however long, but he just keeps getting better and better. Um, in lacrosse, his gimmick is fucking awesome. Um, again, another guy. You know he's not he's not like huge like he's a, he's an intimidating dude like especially his yeah. character like he just plays it so well and honestly nowadays um I would say that Aesop Mitchell is a is a mm-hmm. great fucking I mean at this point just as far as being able to get heat he's fucking good at it and yeah. I think I think Aesop is is a perfect guy to have um you know that's young um and could really help with you know making your product seem legitimate and having a guy there that can that can just get heat be that bad mm-hmm. guy you know um but that's this is kind of again just some some fantasy booking here because you know i think with you have five guys here that can really pull it together you're also going to need to make sure that you have an undercard that isn't going to cost you an arm and a leg but can mm-hmm. still make sure that your show is not just shit and it's like at this point in time if you look at it you can almost you can pair these guys up with each other yeah or you can have them be the anchors in your five to six matches yep. you know so actually that could work out there you know it's like where you can have like a sadist in your main you know have mccoy coming back from like intermission or something like that and like or have like McCoy before the intermission, so that gives you a reason to have an intermission because you got to clean up or some bullshit. You yeah, know? right. Like, you know, yeah. so having having like versatile workers who can go out there and give you a good match, um, get the crowd really engaged because that's that's really what it, everyone's there for is to be entertained as a wrestling fan. Right. You know, you're not in there just to do maspatory matches where you're hitting every fucking spot that you just saw this past weekend in that fucking evolve show yep. you know you're you're in there to tell a story of your match that fits into the greater construct of the show and again i think you look at this and you and you determine it based on the venue obviously and uh you know just kind of the timing out of your car but i do think that in this you could try to recruit local music you could try to do something that's Mm -hmm. different for the show to make it seem like it's an event opposed to just a wrestling show and i do think that you keep the matches somewhat shorter here and you do allow for story building 
the night of. Because, yeah. again, I know a lot of people rely on Facebook advertising. It's great. But a lot of the people that you're probably hoping to draw aren't necessarily going to be fans on yours on Facebook right away. So what you need to do is tell stories on the night of opposed to prior to the night of because people yeah. don't have – some people won't have the ability to see that shit. So mm-hmm. um, I think you give a lot of time here like we talked about with first where you can tell the stories regardless if they're promo segments or they're during the matches or you do the round. You know, you have – Two guys working in the beginning, something happens, they end up finishing the night off. Like, something mm-hmm. fun like that that, again, just gets people involved and uh, maybe throw on something like band, live music. Just something yep. that could be cool to see either prior to the show, like the first hour, or during mm-hmm. intermission for a half hour. Something cool like that. Like, it almost makes sense. Like, what if you, when you open doors, you have your band playing? So that way you don't have that generic fucking DJ doing yeah. his shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, like... Hey, you come in and you're hearing the same like generic rock songs. Yep. You know. Volbeat. Saliva. Shine down. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, I'm John Smith. I love Volbeat. I love Volbeat. That's my you favorite know. song. It's my um, entrance music. Yeah, no shit. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like that that's something different. Now we got actually you get people into the doors right away, you know, and like maybe they'll buy a couple beers. And so that by the time match one will show up, like they're fucking pumped. They're jazzed. Again, you're 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 making an event, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's great. You know, to be like we're we're a wrestling show and we're a wrestling product and that's what we are and that's what we'll always be. Mm-hmm. But again, as a as a promoter, you need to think as like a businessman and continually think of how you can be different and how you can engage people that maybe aren't the biggest wrestling fans, right? So they're not they're, because again, people always want to look at it and go, you know what? I want to be fucking WWE. Like I want to yeah. book these long term storylines and people are gonna care about it and people are gonna care about the 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 how we're writing things and that's just not the case people want to go out on a friday or saturday night in their hometowns and just have a good time yep and if you can offer more than just wrestling action as much as wrestling fans we hate to admit that i think you're going to get more people in the door because they're Mm -hmm. not they're not going to go I went to this fucking wrestling show, and this dude did, did this awesome fucking drop kick and this cool suplex. Like, I, I can't wait to go back. <laughs> They're going to go home and go, damn, man. Like, they had a band there. I mean, they raised money for charity. Yeah. Like, it gave me a good feeling putting money into that 50-50 raffle. You know, the wrestlers were really, you know, get getting in our faces. It was a fun thing to be a part of. I can't wait until they have their next event, and I can't wait to see who they bring in and what type of food they have and what kind of beer specials they have. And, you know, it was just it was a good time to, to and something fun to do with my friends. Because yeah. Because, again, local wrestling with limited budgets, it's hard to sell people on, like, we are basically WWE light. Yeah. You need to sell them on a whole different kind of experience. Because, like, anytime you you just talk to someone who's not familiar with, like, you know, wrestling on a local scene, it's like, you know, oh, you know like kind of like WWE. It's like, no, you turn it into something different. You turn it into, as you alluded to, an experience, a fun thing. You know, you, you try to do something outside the box. Right. So it becomes more it becomes more personable instead of something that is just, you know, monotony or even in just a bad imitation of yeah. what you see like on a Monday or Tuesday night. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think that's I think that's pretty key and I think I think we have I think uh we got a we got a decent show booked right now. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So, whenever this happens, you know, which probably never happened, never. but you know, hopefully, tax season. We we get we get a, we get a decent draw. People have fun, and there's a good feeling about the show after. Like a return of investment, almost. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know, again, I'm, we're not saying that this is advice, but we're just saying if we were locked in a room, mm-hmm. 
and we had to book a show, this is what we would come up with. Yeah, basically. If what the, is our show name? I don't even Ground know. Ground Zero is the first. I, I think Ground Zero closer, was right? a name that we came up with, yeah, but we didn't have like an idea for a Fed name. Maybe that's like the best part. Maybe we don't need a Fed name, right? Just live pro wrestling? It could be LPW. Live LPW? <laughs> live pro wrestling. Yeah. How about Nick and Jesse's fan- Fantasy Factory? <laughs> I, I don't know. So NJFF? NJFF. Why does it have to be fucking an acronym? Why I don't know. It- because like everyone likes acronyms. Like It's just this fucking... Everything needs to be an acronym when it comes to wrestling. I guess. You know, like any type of sport league, it's got to be a fucking acronym, right? I guess. Yeah. But we need to be different. Let's call it um, Slam Wrestling. I think Slam Wrestling. That sounds like it's already taken. Yeah, yeah. Especially with like an exclamation point. How about, um, hmm. Hmm. I don't know. We'll think of something. Yeah. Before we have our first show, which will probably be never. But <laughs> cool. If you really disagree with yep. our suggestions, because we know that you do, because uh, let's be honest, every single wrestler likes to start fucking drama on Facebook. Just yeah. let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, The Grapple Talk. Otherwise, on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. You know, maybe one of us will get a message that people, are, you know, or you know, somebody will like do like, oh, a, hey, why didn't you book me, man? Well, somebody put like a passive aggressive Facebook status, like. Oh my god, like, if you think this is how to, you can just fucking die, dude. Like, I know everything. I'm a hashtag bet or whatever. <laughs> you know, if that's the case, that's cool. Hey, thanks for wishing death on us. Yeah, that's nice. If you're really that passionate about something, you wish death on someone. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, that that's great. Kudos to you. Man. Facebook drama. This is <laughs> funny. Full circle. See what I told you? Yeah, basically, we ended the show the way we started. Facebook drama. No, yep. we got it. We got heat now, I think. We got heat. We got heat with the 17 people that listen. <laughs> Disappointing. How, how weird is it that we have perceived heat with the people who actually listen to our show? I don't know. I know that Maru listens. Yeah. He, he, he messages me every single time that we have a show. Yeah, I got one last time. He Did you like, really? Yeah, he's like, oh, dude, man, you got the boys wondering who you're going to actually book on this show. It's like... <laughs> Who are the boys? Him and Riley? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. You know, it's I'd like, maybe book Maru. Would you book Savage Maru though, or like Tights Maru? Oh man, that's a good question. Depends on what you want to use them for, yeah. right? Yeah. I think. I think. I think. If it, yeah, it depends on what you want to use them for. Yeah. Fuck it. I book him as a ref. <laughs> as a savage ref. As a savage ref. <laughs> it couldn't. Be, it could not be worse than Jordan's and Chicago Bulls hat ref. There's no way. Oh man. That would be interesting. So, like, what if, like, the workers had to, had to adapt to the match based on the referee they had? That's what I'm saying, dude. It's yeah. all gimmicks. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's have a cage match then, too. <laughs> Fuck that. Spend an hour to put up a cage. Oh, just for a 10-minute payoff. No, man. Like, maybe, you know, if that – what if he had, like – because that's the cool thing. Like, I remember you remember playing Fire Pro Wrestling, right? Yeah. So, one of the things on there is, like, the referees have different, like, personalities. Yeah. Start getting refs involved. Yeah. Let's just have a whole show where the refs are the wrestlers and the wrestlers are the refs. Oh, no. We'll call it Ref ref Pro Wrestling. Ref Pro Wrestling, yep. Nah, we probably shouldn't do that. You think so? No, I think we should probably call it a day, man. Yeah, we probably should. I got to get to work. Yeah, you got to get to work so you can go to ACW. That is definitely true, and it's almost like, oof. Yeah, it's almost fucking nine. So, yep. uh, yeah, we're going to call it there. Thanks, everybody, for joining us this week on Gravel Talk. Hopefully you had a, had a fun time and you uh, – because I think we had a fun time. We had a good time. Yeah, we'll probably be back. Hopefully, maybe in like next week or in two weeks. I don't yeah. know. Um, I think we, we need have... to do an NAW episode now. Yeah, yeah. We also have SummerSlam coming up. Uh, the G ones finishing up here. I think next week as well. So we'll have probably two preview episodes. I, 
the SummerSlam one is going to be interesting because I, I'm really I'm heavily invested in what Lesnar is doing based on what he did this past week yeah. on Raw. I, I I love that. Um, I think SmackDown like SmackDown right now like if you follow the trends of the ratings going up in comparison to Raw for some apparent reason right now SmackDown's kind of reached a really sweet spot with their storytelling. So that one's going to be kind of interesting to kind of follow there. Um, plus we also have NXT coming up as well, yeah. so we'll probably end up previewing that show as well. Okay, sounds good. Well, thanks again, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on the Grapple Talk flagship. Stay classy, folks.